Welcome to SickCast, brought to you by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path. Hello, Guru Fateh. Welcome to the SickCast. My name is Manpreet Singh. Thank you for being with us. We are here, we are here today with a special episode on 1984 and also Nanakshai 550. And with me on this special episode, I have Harinder Singh. Harinder Singh, thank you for being here. Guru Fateh. Guru Fateh, nice to be back after a long sabbatical. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it is nice to be back and it's nice to be doing this and it's very timely. I'm glad I have you on this podcast. I want to talk about 1984. Uh, we are in the beginning of November. And let's talk about, I want to talk about some observations that I'm seeing of 1984. Right now, with social media and all the information that you can get on your cell phone, the conversations of 1984 that were happening 10 years ago are different than what are happening now. Now that I go online, I see 1984 and I see everyone talking about and writing pogroms or they're writing genocide. And 10 years ago, all I heard was riots, really. And now I think, I think the sick youth or the sick diaspora around the world is kind of waking up to the reality of it is genocide. And I want to talk to you about it because you have gone to many places around the world and talked with the sick diaspora. What are your observations of 1984 and how are they reliving 1984? And what is, and is anyone doing, well, I'll get to let, what they're doing about it, but what are your observations of 1984 this time around? Maybe that's different 10, 15, maybe even 20 years ago. Well, I can actually say there is a major difference uh, in last two years to now, and the previous year was even worse, and your observation is correct that most people are using relatively better terms, you know. So the reason is because legal and documentation milestones have been achieved in last two years quite a bit. Uh, when the government of India, uh, government of Delhi, Courts in India have used the term genocide, crimes against humanity, and in their own judgments, they have acknowledged that uh, uh, earlier these terms weren't being allowed because of the laws in India. This is why most of the world is using it, except media and certain government people, they continue to still use the word riot. So your observation on the Sikhs and Sikh organizations and most media is accurate, but on Indian media and still certain government officials and subsidiaries, they're still using the word riot. Now, the other thing which has happened is that people who worked for last, you know, 25 to 30 years to achieve that, it speaks to their success, that how in psyche, at least, of those who are talking about it, we are finally using accurate terminologies. Uh, but what is unaddressed is the trauma. It, the personal trauma and the collective trauma of the community still remains unaddressed. Um, and this is where we have a work cut out. So what the West has done, whether it was in Canada, America, Australia, UK, other places, or within India and Punjab, I think their work helped to get the recognition of the word genocide in the frame uh, where it matters. Uh, the next work really is about the reparations. That's my uh, overall observation. So let's talk about the reparations. You've talked to people on such a high level about these things. What's happening with reparations? What are Sikhs 
do do six actually want it, or is most of the community just happy with recognition and an apology? Well, uh, you know, when we say community, there are sections of community. There are people who are involved, people who are the receiving end. So it's hard to really speak on behalf of all communities, uh, everyone in the community. But what we can say is uh, reparation. Let me start with that. You know, this word generally people, when they use, they only end up using even those who are dealing with these things on a daily basis they end up thinking that it's only monetary compensation. So I, I want to just clearly say it is not just about monetary compensation. In fact, since you are following U.S. politics, uh, most of the Democrats are being asked about what's their take on reparations here in, in, uh, in context of slavery in America or race relations in America. So reparation word is generally used. It implies that you need to repair certain things, and it will not be just repaired by doing compensations, although... In case of 1984, November, some of those have happened. Reparations, number one thing really is that at least we got to tell the history in the way it happened. And this is the most important part of reparation, if you ask me, is to present the history and knowledge as it really occurred, uh, not as a paradigm to abuse or manipulate, as they are saying these days. So reparation starts with how do we, I don't know where it starts, but it definitely needs to end with um, such that we actually start telling the story without making a spin of a BJP or a spin of Congress, the two parties or other parties who supported these things at the time. And the second then will be actually taking care of uh, the livelihood and uh, psychological traumas of direct victims. And third part of that is uh, they, they happen concurrently, by the way, is to build these things into curriculums so they are being taught even uh, when the deniers exist. So at least there are three elements to it. It's taking care of the people who are the survivors uh, from a psychological to financial. It is uh, telling the history as it occurred, uh, as a knowledge, and then building all those things into curriculums. I see what you're saying. And I also want to talk about this video now because we we are we did talk about the diaspora but i did see a video on online today uh which was kind of disturbing but uh this guy is going around india and he's asking the sick youth on uh you know what happened in november 1984 and this is average six in punjab and half of them actually more than half of them did not know what happened in november 1984 how do we get those six how do we get those six involved or, or, or known, or is it a government conspiracy that it's being shunned? Well, we know a bunch of stuff that the Indian government does, uh, not to bring up this topic. But how do we get those six to, to know about 1984 and do something? Or should we get those six involved? Or should we just focus maybe on six that are actually doing good work out there that are bringing this issue to the forefront and, and being involved with them? And uh, I do want to mention that uh, another video that's been going around is uh, you know, Gurdatan Singh in uh, the Canadian pa Parliament, and he's bringing this issue up, you know, to the C Canadian Parliament about 1984, about genocide. He didn't even say apology about basically not receiving justice. So how do we reconcile those two things? Well, you know, so the, look, uh, what we must acknowledge also within the community is now we have a generation uh, everywhere in the world, including in India and Punjab, uh, the first video you're referring to, who was born after 1984. So this is where, when it's not part of your curriculums, when it is not something which is being taught, 
this is what happens. People don't find out about it, you know. Uh, so this is why it needs to be built into curriculums. What the government does if there is a particular conspiracy, I think those things can be dealt with at other, other levels if they do are, if they are true. Uh, but what must be dealt with is teaching about it. So when gurdwaras do not commemorate this, when our local gurdwaras do not commemorate this, when it's not built into the curriculums globally, and when it's not built into curriculums within India and Punjab, this is the effect of it, that people don't know about it. Because we cannot just say, uh, I also remember the videos floating around about adults asking them about Vasakhi and they could not answer that. So this has to do with lack of knowledge. This is why I said it's an education and knowledge which needs to be transferred as to how things happen. Uh, second video you're talking about, and that's the kind of work which the governments can help in. All the Sikhs in America, uh, uh, to be honest, have not worked on this much. Our civil liberty organizations, although they have tried to have hearings uh, in the Capitol, you know, some closed hearings, uh, but our work is cut out here. We do not have acknowledgments of that. We have smaller levels done at a city level, but at a state level or national level, we haven't done this. Whereas in Canada, it has definitely happened at a party level and at provincial level. They are hoping to do it at a national level. I was recently in Canberra, where after speaking about Guru Nanak Sahib and Nanak Shai 550 and the politics of Guru Nanak, uh, the, the, one of the leaders, uh, uh, national party leaders mentioned that, look, we have done this at, a, at, at our party level and we have done this at a uh, province or a state level. Uh, this is something which needs to be brought up to the Australian level. And he said he will be doing that next. Um, similar things have happened in Delhi. Uh, they need to happen in Punjab and India level and wherever the Sikh diasporas are. And if those, once those things happen, then it becomes easier for educational and civil liberties organizations to build it into the systems, to build it into the commemorations, to build it into the curriculums. And this is why both work need to happen, both at the government level as well as at individual levels. So you brought up Gurdwaras, you brought up Guru Nanak and Nanak Shai, I want to talk about that a little bit now. 1469 to right now, it's been 550 years of celebrating the birth of Guru Nanak. Uh, you brought up Gurdwaras. All these Gurdwaras are having a lot of programs. Even recently, even this weekend, there was a huge program uh, in, in uh, New York, Long Island, where I'm from. They're doing Kirtan all day, but there's no mention of 1984. Uh, I didn't go, but my parents went and I asked them, I'm like, did anybody mention that? You know, it is November. It's, you know, November 3rd today. So, uh, and he's like, nope, uh, no mention at all. It was just, it was just cute then. And uh, so if it's not happening in our Gurdwaras, I mean, where, all, where else are six going to talk about 1984 if you can't even talk about Gurdwaras? But even bringing Guru Nanak into it. So I want to, I want to talk about Guru Nanak a little bit and how this fits in with uh, justice and genocide and being a revolutionary and all those things. Let's talk about Guru Nanak. Did Guru Nanak witness genocide? And if he did, how did Guru Nanak respond to this? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So, you, you know, Nanak Shai 550 narratives are being spun by popular organizations of Sikhs and government organizations of India and Pakistan. Let's be very honest about it. So what happens then is, what they are saying, we end up doing and replicating them even in our Gurdwaras and in our state level or Gurdwara level functions. In fact, yeah, the, I was speaking at Richmond Hill. They had another 550 commemoration uh, this weekend. And uh, I actually said, which Guru Nanak are you going by? The one which governments are saying or the one which is in Guru Granth Sahib? And to answer your question, 
unless we focus on guru nanak in guru granth sahib which is the primary and the most authentic account of the six of the guru we will not know what guru nanak is then it will become another anniversary so in this context absolutely guru nanak talks about it in telang rag he has a shabad it's very interesting actually and he actually tells us that when you have to talk about something which is so bloody something which is so gory like 1984 something which is so hard to talk about he invokes pesada kari gyan ve lalo this line gets uh, quoted quite a bit i'm mentioning it uh, purposefully here jaisi mein aave khasam ki bani tesada kari gyan ve lalo that i speak and share the wisdom as it comes to me from the kovankar and this is very interesting because we generally end up citing these lines in six circles that it's the revelational element of guru nanak right that what came to him what we forget is it is revelational but look when he directly invokes this line when he's talking about a genocidal campaign where women are being violated where soldiers are being told told to rape them where actually the two sides who are fighting is because of their own issues and the damage is done to the people at large and right after that line he actually says let's tell it how it is and remember the first thing i was saying reparation has to do with telling the history how it occurred and transferring that knowledge and he puts it he puts in allegorical thing you know because poetry in poetry you present things in and uh, even today when we hear poetry about 84 or songs or dharmic songs even when jazzy b talks about it more people listen to it so gurunanak when he talks about it he my sahib my gurunanak ends up saying you know uh, the babar when he came here he came with a marriage party of sin which means they were so excited to crush people as if they were going to get married and this is what they did and and when they came to do this saram taram doi paap khloe doi chap khloe which means that there was absolutely no sharam no shame and absolutely no religiosity among people and all the leaderships were trash they were full of lies now this is very very direct and we can apply this to 1984 that they had no shame there was no religiosity and people in the leadership positions were full of trash and then he continues he tells it how it is he says the religious leaders of both hindu and muslim community at the time of babar they were the ones who were acting like satan look at the religious leaders of hindus and muslims and we will include other communities in india in 1984 essentially uh, what he ends up saying is that the damage done was to all communities and all women including hindu women of low status and high status based on their caste system as well as muslim women and instead of wedding songs they were singing bloody wedding songs instead of sandoor or kungu they were putting you know the 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 hindu women put this as a mark of wedding they were uh, being filled with blood and gurunanak sahab says i say all this while standing in maspuri that i'm standing on the pile of dead bodies and i share this with you so what he is doing in all this is he tells us in the last line he says sach ki bani nanak akha sach sunai si sach ki vela it is very important to speak the truth when it is time to speak the truth and this is part of reparation gurunanak sahib is very very clear that we must invoke wisdom when it is a very tough situation something like a genocidal campaign and that is the time to speak the truth so this is direct gurunanak 
unfiltered from Guru Granth Sahib in Rag Telang. I'm sure people listening to the podcast might be surprised by that or maybe haven't even heard this Bani because this type of Bani is not presented in Gurdwaras. Or is not, and I want to say Gurdwaras because that's where most people go because that's where they think they're going to, but that's where they're hoping to get Gyan from. So this type of Bani and this type of Guru Nanak is not being represented right now, and it, which it should be actually represented right now at this time in November. The images of Guru Nanak in everyone's minds, uh, just because the paintings are everywhere, just him being peaceful and sitting down and I guess meditating, and those are the images being presented, but not the images of Guru Nanak speaking the truth and, and saying how it is. And how, and that's my observation. So how do we, how do we get that type of uh, Guru Nanak's wisdom in us uh, to talk about in uh, 1984, for people to share their stories, for people, like you said, America has a little work in the political arena to do. Uh, how do we get Guru Nanak's message out there now? To everyone, like, hey, this is how Guru Nanak talked about genocide. Why are we not talking about our genocide like this? Well, for us to talk about real Guru Nanak, we must uh, first understand the Guru Nanak in Guru Granth Sahib, the Shabad itself in Guru Granth Sahib. And this is part of the problem because when we end up using the vocabulary of what sounds good, what sounds, you know, and the images we use, which are not based out of inspirations born of what Guru Nanak was, when we use words like he was peaceful and loving, yes, that's true, but that wasn't why he came into this world, because peace wasn't there, because there was ignorance. He came here to fight the ignorance, and he fought it with wisdom, and his wisdom was about how to repair relationships in the family, how to have right economic and political policies, and that's what he fought for. That's what he did wisdom allocation for. So from personal level of relationship, to public levels of relationship. This is what Guru Nanak Sahib was about. In fact, the Shabbat I was quoting, I skipped over several lines in the interest of uh, brevity. He, in fact, goes into so much detail that individuals are being shredded and torn apart, which means, uh, you know, like this jewel-like body is being torn apart. And it is so bad that the India will never forget this. Hindustan, he says, Salamsi, Hindustan Samansi Bola, that this will be remembered. This is what 84 is. It will be remembered. It is part of our psyche. It is part of our memory. And if we want to invoke Guru Nanak Sahib for 550, uh, the most important element is to focus as in doctrine, his declaration of Ikkovankar. And in Ikkovankar, we understand even things like events like 84 as well, because they happen because there is otherness. There is no oneness. Anytime there is any otherness, by any community toward anyone, whether it's race-based, caste-based, gender-based, sexual preference-based, uh, social strata-based, taxation-based, when we do these otherings, this is when we give rise to creating uh, political catastrophes as when, and, uh, and the vocabulary for that in 20th century developed was genocide and crimes against humanity. So the work really is for individuals to develop understanding of Ikkovankar at a very deeper level instead of just a oversimplified and rather inaccurate saying there is one God, because many people talk about one God or many don't. So why are we creating otherness even there? It's actually about Ikkovankar, one force I like to call it. That deep declaration became was radically realized at Kartarpur Sahib. So everyone's talking about Kartarpur Corridor. I welcome it too. 
what modi government is doing and what imran khan's government is doing great but that's not the end of it we welcome it because at least in 70 years of history of india and pakistan this is one thing they're coming together on wonderful gurunanak brings them together gurunanak was fought over by hindus and muslims at the time because he was bringing them together so today if he is bringing india and pakistan together great but the higher purpose of ekonkar's declaration is that how do we create real peace in south asia how do we keep re- keep real uh, bring real peace in our families in the communities we live in that's the training he did at kartarpur sahib it is not just a gurdwara this is where ekonkar doctrine was turned into policies which affected the economics and the politics of the time one last thing arinder i, I want to mention just because it just passed and you know bandichor divas passed and uh, diwali passed and we're talking about 1984 there's so many six six brothers and i'm sure sisters out there that are political prisoners and bandichor just passed what how, how do you reflect on that well it's in the same series you know we had bandichor we have 84 we have nanak shai these these are the parts of our historical reminders and bandi chhod was another reminder in fact bandi chhod started with gurunanak as well because gurunanak is the one who was imprisoned first we don't realize he was a political prisoner by babar for actually talking about genocide because when he talked about it not even a single sufi talked about it think about that for a second and when when that happened only gurunanak voiced it because he believes in it and he recorded it this is what documentation means this is what guru granth sahib is documenting as well as to how to talk about tough situations and he was jailed for it and this became a sex tradition that we fight for polit- political prisoners rights and in guru granth sahib it talks of like this as well and it actually says that if you are just lighting lamps bin tel diva kyon jale do you know what oil is needed to light this lamp and that's the question we need to think about which is answered in guru granth sahib that lighting lamps temporarily is not going to cut it sure this is a celebration have it but really the lamp from within needs to be lighted and that's where the nam culture comes in identification with ekwankar working on those ideas which strengthen you from this idea of oneness from one force and then uh, using that source to create just society which essentially means just economic and political policies and that's what guru hargobind patsha did i remember going to gwalior fort multiple times in my childhood we loved going there uh as a kid because the gurdwara was a little bit you know on the hills it was a nice little trek um but the the reminder was that here is a guru who is so clear about this that it is not enough for him to be released every political political prisoner released needs to be released it is so clear to him and to the community who is going to negotiate his prisoner release baba budda and pai gurdas ji go people who are who know the granth the granthi is the one who knows the granth you have to know your doctrine and pai gurdas is the one not only who knows it but he is a linguist and the interpreter in explaining to people in their parlance so the most the brains of the six at the time baba budda ji because he knew the granth and he did the uh, training of guru hargobind patsha in what we call now call shastra vidya you know in the weapons training at the time and pai gurdas who's an interpreter and a linguist two of them do these prisoners release negotiation with the state at the time the moguls so this is very very interesting and very important for six to understand 
that while we celebrate this, everything from us is born out of Ekvankar. Guru Nanak started these traditions. Every Guru continued these traditions and built upon them uh, based on the era they lived in, based on the Mughal and the Sikh relations. And we must continue the same. So today this will mean very clearly again, if we are followers of Guru Nanak and we appreciate Diwali and Bandi Chod Devas, then we must work for prisoner reform in America. It's a serious industrial complex. We must work for prisoners reform and release of prisoners in India, not just the sick prisoners, but there are many uh, prisoners, uh, political prisoners and prisoners of conscience, as Amnesty would call them. That's what the Sikh tradition is about. Bandi Chod is amazing because it actually means prisoner release day. I like to call it emancipation day, but it is born out of a kuankar, which means we must protect people's political rights as well. Great. So, Harinder, we had 14, we talked about 1469, 1984. It's been 35 years since 1984. I want to end with your thoughts uh, as well, but also this question of, so it's been 35 years since 1984. 35 years from now, what would be something that's satisfying to us? That, okay, this happened in 1984 and 35 years from now. What would you, in your opinion, what would you consider progress on the issue? Oh, thank you for asking that. I like that. Progress will be measured in two ways that was measured from Guru period onwards. In fact, I'm going to invoke Guru Nanak Sahib here. You know, the progress is what is given to you? What are the gifts you are carrying with you? Because if you have those gifts, then you can tackle anything which comes your way, including a genocide. And when Guru Nanak started this Raj 550 years ago, yes, the word is Raj in Guru Granth Sahib. And when he passed on the leadership of that Raj, it says very clearly that what did he give to Guru Angad? And what did he have? And he says that he had the wisdom and he had the khadag, the sword. So the success in 35 years will be that those who self-identify as Sikhs do not just invoke Guru Nanak and Guru Granth Sahib and the 10 Gurus and the Khalsa, Panth, they actually take trainings on this wisdom sword. And every time the community, whatever that percentage is, somewhere between 1 to 5%, if enough of the Sikhs who self-identify 1% to 5% become trained in wisdom sword, because that's the Guru Nanak's way, then the next 84 we will be ready with. And next time there is something happening in Punjab, there won't just be one, just one thing, Khalada. Next time when governments or gangsters who work for governments are doing extrajudicial killings, there will be enough Sikhs ready to fight them. Next time in America, when this is happening on this land, this is our land as well now. We live in America. We will be ready to do those things in the communities we live in because when we have made Kartarpur to be the city we live in. So the wisdom sword needs to be understood and practiced in 35 years. If 1 to 5% of the community is doing that, that will be a monumental success. That would be amazing. I, t- I totally agree. Harinder Singh, I appreciate your time on this podcast. I want to ask you uh, just to let the people know What's happening in Sikri? What can we look forward to in the upcoming months? And also, uh, any final thoughts? Sure. Uh, the the Sikri actually did two things to do. I mean, we're doing multiple things. The two biggest things we're doing to celebrate Patsha's Prakash Parub, Illumination Day. One was we actually organized a conference to talk about various facets of Guru Nanak Sahib. 
It was held in Surrey SFU campus. Uh, for your listeners, uh, all the videos are being made available. All the uh, articles are being made available. Please check them out on Sikri website or social media platforms. Second thing, which we will be unveiling very soon, we started working on it. Uh, it's essentially uh, looking at the whole of Guru Granth Sahib, starting with the Bani of Asa Kiwar of Guru Nanak Sahib. How to make this Bani the wisdom of Guru Nanak, which is, uh, you know, coded now because of the language is old. Language is about 500 to 550 years old. We are trying to decode that language and make the Shabads, make the wisdom in Guru Granth Sahib, specifically in Asa Kivar, accessible to global population. We've been working on it. We hope to, uh, in uh, next coming months, uh, share that, that gift which Guru Nanak shared through Guru Arjun, through Guru Granth Sahib. Now we are hoping to share that in contemporary Punjabi and contemporary English in coming months on the Guru Granth Sahib project. Oh, that's amazing. Can't wait for that. Harinder Singh, appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, Manpreet Singh. You are listening to Sick Cast by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path.